Second Chronicles 16. In the 36th year of Asa's reign, Baasha the king of Israel went up against Judah and built Ramah, that he might not allow anyone to go out or come in to Asa king of Judah. Then Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasures of Yahweh's house and of the king's house, and sent to Ben-Hadad king of Syria who lived at Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between me and you, as there was between my father and your father. Behold, I have sent you silver and gold. Go break your treaty with Baasha king of Israel, that he may depart from me. Ben-Hadad listened to King Asa, and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel, and they struck Ejon, Dan, Abel, Maim, and all the storage cities of Naphtali. When Baasha heard it, he stopped building Ramah and let his work cease. Then Asa the king took all Judah, and they carried away the stones of Ramah and its timber with which Baasha had built, and he built Geba and Mizpah with them. At that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa the king of Judah and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and not relied on Yahweh your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped out of your hand. Weren't the Ethiopians and the Lubim a huge army with chariots and exceedingly many horsemen? Yet because you relied on Yahweh, he delivered them into your hands. For Yahweh's eyes run back and forth throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. You have done foolishly in this, for from now on you will have wars. Then Asa was angry with the seer and put him in prison, for he was in a rage with him because of this thing. Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. Behold the acts of Asa, first and last. Behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa was diseased in his feet. His disease was exceedingly great. Yet in his disease, he didn't seek Yahweh, but just the physicians. Asa slept with his fathers and died in the 41st year of his reign. They buried him in his own tomb, which he had dug out for himself in David's city, and laid him in the bed, which was filled with sweet odors and various kinds of spices, prepared by the perfumer's art, and they made a very great fire for him. Asa uh, was a king who followed the Lord, but he had a few struggles at the end. <laughs> and the Lord's so gracious. I am sure that heaven is filled with people who followed him hard, and even though they had a few struggles at the end, they're included, they're still there. Thank God he's so gracious like that. Now, Asa has this great victory over the biggest army that's mentioned in the Bible, the army of Zerah the Cushite, which was described here as an army of Lubim and Cushites. In other words, Ethiopians and Libyans. I suspect that it was the army of Osorkon II, the Pharaoh. Anyway, he has a great victory over that army by crying out to the Lord. And then sometime later, it said in the 36th year of his reign, and I'll come back to that point, it said that he was attacked. Uh, well, one of the cities, you know, Rama was was attacked, and um, you know, by Baasha, the king of Israel. Now, so Baasha, the king of Israel, is a much smaller king. He has a much smaller army. He's only attacking one city. He's not attacking the whole thing. And yet, Asa is so worried about this, he makes a, a deal with the Syrian king Ben Hadad, and says, "Look, break your treaty with Israel." and you attack them, and so he makes a political deal to kind of bring this mini battle to an end. So on one hand, he's got this huge army, 
that he defeats by trusting in the Lord, but now he's got a smaller problem that he doesn't even go to the Lord for help. He sends money to the Syrians. And that's why the word of the prophet came and said, what's the go? Why have you turned on the Lord? And at the end of his life, he's sick, but he doesn't even ask the Lord for help. He just relies on the physicians, the doctors only. Then when the messenger from the Lord comes, he gets angry at the messenger and throws him in prison. So things really go downhill for King Asa. Here's a question for you. <laughs> Has the Lord ever tried to say something to you and you've gotten angry at the messenger? Now, you might not have recognized that it was the Lord's message. You might have just thought it was the messenger's message. But the prophet isn't coming with their own message. They're coming with the Lord's message. You know, in church, for example, when we're preaching, the preacher's giving, hopefully, the word of the Lord. When you're reading the Bible, that's the word of the Lord. Sometimes it's your mum and your dad can give you good advice. It's, it may be not the Lord, but it's, it's wisdom from above in another way of seeing it. But we can get angry at the messenger and sometimes not recognize where the message is actually coming from. And the Lord is so gracious. He puts his messages in the mouths of people. And so we always need to try to separate the content <laughs> from the deliverer of the content. Because sometimes the Lord will even deliberately put a message in the mouth of a hypocrite. So someone will come along who says, well, you're not doing this and you should be. But you think, well, they're not doing it either. Well, if if you notice that someone's not doing, someone's not practicing what they preach, you could very easily throw away their message and get angry at them and say, how dare you tell me what to do when the message is actually true. And uh, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? You know, you could have someone at school saying, you're not doing your homework. And you could say, well, you're not doing it either. But what they said is still correct. You weren't doing your homework. So the message is worth considering just on its own merits, completely ignoring who the messenger is. And if Asa had actually considered the message and not got angry at the messenger, he would have heard what the Lord had to say. And I wonder sometimes how many of the Lord's messages we miss because we're just clouded. And uh, so I, I always try to separate um, the content of the things I hear from the way that they get presented to me. And that's hard to do. Sometimes people say things with full of emotion, negativity. Sometimes they don't use the perfect words. But you've got to try to, to separate all of that and just listen to what's being said. And I tell you what, if someone can figure out how to do that perfectly, they'll probably be very well off. And that is a sign of great wisdom if you can do it. Solomon did say that those who, who love rebuke love wisdom. Well. Asa, if he had loved this rebuke, he would have loved wisdom and it would have been good for him, but he didn't. So, <laughs> how about you? And do you love being rebuked? I know I struggle with it, <laughs> but hopefully we can hear the things the Lord is saying to us and not disregard them. Heavenly Father, help us. Help us to be able to hear the message you give to us. Lord, give us ears to hear. I pray that grace would be extended to us, that we would walk in truth that your power would be upon our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.